All right, we're recording. Uh, I'm Seth Patera with the Fight Site, and I'm here today with two-time NCAA champ, two-time Cadet World champ, Yanni Diakmahalis. How's everything going, Yanni? Uh, good, you know, just trying to, trying to, you know, get done whatever I can, you know, get some workouts in, keep, right. on, keep doing that. So ever since quarantine started, the last time I talked to you, you were finished, you were going to a workout. Now, how's the training going now and keeping on top of everything? Um, you know, it's good. You know, I have guys who I can, who I can work out with here in Ithaca, you know, do some runs, do some, some good lifts and stuff. And then, uh, you know, it's just staying in shape. It's, uh, it's going good. You know, I don't have a ton of access to a wrestling room, but making it work. Yeah. I remember seeing something Poland's coach, Abdu Salamov, he was having like, um, telecalls with guys and he'd run them through their workouts like 40 minutes an hour they had baronowski there and i still can't forget baronowski because he's pat down his first big win and he was coming off that win over kuragliaf where everybody was like that's crazy because the crazy thing about kuragliaf is you know he's built like a wrecking ball we both agree on that but kuragliaf will be like well i look like this but how about we keep it a three-point match don't yeah. want to don't want to do anything crazy, but you'd see a guy like Abbas Gadzi Magomedov, who's long, lanky, skinny, and he'd absolutely wreck guys, good guys like Thomas Gilman type of guys. Yeah. So I always thought that was pretty interesting. But today we're going to be talking about this last year that you had and how you feel um, putting your mark on the senior level, because we've seen it at the NCAs, and you're in one of those weights where you have a lot of guys who are also exposed at the high level for senior freestyle, like Ironman. He had a great run at the open and he beat Lomtadze and Steber. Yeah, he did. In the same year. But then it sort of seemed like now his style has been figured out and he's struggling a bit to get his offense. But I think with Iowa now, that's will be a little bit negated, but you had Heil, you have Chad Red there, you have Joey McKenna, which is, I think he's a really great talent. He's been that way for a while. So run us through this past year. So I want to hear your credentials, but in your own words. So you have two NCAA titles. You had cadets, which is the craziest thing about cadets was Odegora was in your same, same age group, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he. Uh, when we were in Bosnia, I wanted 58 kilos and he wanted 54. It's only four kilos difference. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Odo... I remember I saw his match with Higuchi last year. They've got like three matches. Mm-hmm. And it was 2017 when Higuchi went up in weight and tried to make the team. But it was a shocker because everybody still had Odegoro as the age group guy, right? Yeah. And it was crazy to see him beat Higuchi, who had just gotten bronze at the Uriga in a good field, too. And then he Higuchi beat him at the Maiji Cup in 2019. And then he lost him at 2015 in the All Japan Cup, which is Japanese qualifications are kind of—they're not as convoluted, but they're—they're kind of tricky to get their head around. But both the Odegoros are going to the Olympics. Both. Yeah, because the um, Akui, who got topside bracket, but the Japanese guy that Burroughs just tacked was beaten out by his brother Kisuki, who beat Muhammadi the. Iranian that was really good for those two years from 2014 to 2015 and then word got out that he'd walk around at like I say 165 170 to make 65 
and he'd be killing himself. And then he had those knee injuries. He got replaced by Nasiri. And things just haven't been the same since. If I remember. Yeah, I, he's a... Uh, I remember Mohamedine. He was good. He, had a, he gave his gar off so many tough matches. Yeah. That was great stuff. Terrible matchup for him. Terrible matchup for him because he always pressures well. Which reminds me, Chimizo's match with his gar off in 2016 was... Chimizo's so good, sometimes he doesn't have to go into matches with game plans. But... Going, you know, seatbelt grip with his gar off. It was bold. That was, it was bold, but it, you know, it didn't pay off. But he's still a freak. He beat you Kupashvili. But let's run through it. So talk about your second NCAA title. And you were really well-rounded coming out of high school, but then you sort of exploded onto the scene and were scoring on pretty high-level senior guys like Molinaro, Oliver, and Rutherford. But finishes through... Last year's NCAA season, and how'd that go? Um, so, I, I won my second title. I didn't wrestle as well as I wanted to, but, you know, I got through it, and I remember, you know, I, I beat McKenna, and I was all excited, and I remember kind of settling down, and I was like, that's not going to that's not gonna do it at the Open. And um, that was just kind of what I was riding off of. You know, I knew I, knew I, could, I knew I could win, but I knew that where I was at, you know, in the middle of March was not close to, to winning, you know. So I had yeah. six weeks and I had to I had to get a lot better. You know, I focused. I was training with Ashnault when he could get up here and, you know, some of those Rutgers guys. I was wrestling with Kyle a lot more, working a ton on my freestyle. And uh, when the Open rolled around, you know, we had – I'm not going to say like a, a full-on game plan for everybody, but, yeah. you know, I, I, I knew what I was going into, you know what I mean. And uh, psychologically – you know, I, I believed I was ready, and I, I was kind of waiting for that moment, you know what I mean, when I was going to wrestle one of those guys. And I, I drew Molinaro in the quarters. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was kind of eye-opening for me because it's one of those matches where you don't know what it's going to look like. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I could have teched him. He could have teched me. He could have been close. Like, I had no idea what it was going to look like when I got out there. So, you know, just wrestling, kind of like feeling it out. And then once I got rolling, I just kept rolling. And kind of rode that momentum through the rest of the tournament. You know, I feel like I'm a a better tournament wrestler than I am, you know, a dual meet wrestler or a, just a single kind of all-star match format. You know, I think with tournaments, I get rolling. And, you know, with every match, I get a little bit better. So as the competition rose, my uh, my ability, I guess, elevated too. Yeah, well, that's sort of like under the logic where it'd be like, my body gets to warm up as well, but I also get more reads on guys and I get my wrestling going as well. We're in... You sort of have to do it at a cold open, essentially, for one-off matches. Yeah. But finish NCAs, we go into the open, and then you meet up with Bajrang, who, word is Bajrang could be coaching after the Olympics. Really? Yeah, he wants to come stateside, so I think that would be a great thing. But the man has got the craziest competition schedule I've ever seen. Yeah, so what he does is he uh, he trains all over the world, but a lot of times, wherever he goes, he'll compete there and then just stay there and train. Yeah. He did it in Russia. He did it, you know, in Dagestan. He did it the in the States. Yeah. You know, he did the Beat the Streets thing and stayed here. And then uh, I think generally he travels around and trains, and when people are like, oh, well, while you're here, why don't you wrestle? He's just like, okay. Yeah. He's, he's not a huge 65. You know, he, he doesn't really struggle making weight. He's really strong, though. And uh, Huh? He's freaky strong for what it looks like. Yeah. He breaks guys like Valdez Tobir. And I look at Valdez Tobir, I'm like, I heard the gyms got shut down, but that doesn't mean you're going to be leaving. He's huge. 
Yeah, he's so strong. I saw him at Pan Am's though. He's not as gigantic as he no, looks. He's just filled out. He's like, yeah, like his skin is stretched. Like you can see he's as full of muscle as he could be. Paper thin skin, guys. I could never. Well, mainly because, you know, I'm not in good enough shape for that. That's the. But yeah, talk talk us through the, or talk through that match with Bajrang because that had a lot of momentum changes and you were sort of capitalized on some of the things where he's more open on his first line defense, he, but he's a really strong scrambler now. Yeah, yeah. So the open was eight days before that beat the streets match, or maybe it was maybe it was ten. It was not soon before, so I couldn't really do anything you know i just was like all right i better be in good enough shape to go for this yeah and um you know i mean same thing for him he was coming off that tournament in dagestan and flew in but he had a good field there yeah i think generally that was the most unfiltered like we just went out there and wrestled it's not like we could have prepared i mean i'm sure we game planned for each other but it's it's not the same when like you just show up and wrestle (laughs) you know like you had to take like I, I pretty much didn't take any time off after the open, just rolled into it. And uh, you know, he was he was really strong. It was it was different because I wrestled guys who wrestle hard and who pull on your head a lot, but his feel was different, you know. What I mean it was not the American like Ugh, pull. Yeah. Out of in and out, fake pull, fake pull, in and out, in and out, you know what I mean? And he's really good with feeling your weight shift and feeling your momentum and he kinda gets you in this like rocking back and forth with him. And yeah. then and he steps on your foot, right? Yeah, oh, the toe angle. I remember coming into the match, I'm like, I am not getting my foot stepped on. Like, there's no way I'm wrestling. Yeah. One of the guys on a step on my foot, he stepped right on it. He stepped right on it. And, um, you know, just, I get, you know, there were, there were things I figured out as the match went on, you know, what positions I could beat him in and stuff. But, you know, it was a, it was a good feeling. It was a good sign for me. You know, he beats a lot of guys with his pace. Yeah, he does. And I hung right in there with him. I know there are a lot of breaks. You know, I, he like whacked me in the face. My nose was bleeding the whole time. But yeah. I was, you know, I kind of hit a point in the match where I got tired and, you know, right around the two minute mark. And then I kind of caught my, like, a, an adrenaline pump. And then after that, yeah. I was great. You know, no fatigue, nothing. So that kind of showed me where I was with my conditioning and, you know, what I could do to guys. You know, if I can, if I can wrestle with Bajrang and neither of us are tired at the end, then I can put the heat on guys too and then you know at the same time it showed me you know sometimes guys beat him with skill and athleticism yeah showed me you know where i need to get my athletic ability and my skill to because you know i need to be able if i was in as good a shape of him i need to be able to score the whole time like some of those guys do you know in the first minute i need to keep that up because you know that's he's great is he might give up points early but the way he is you know it's kind of like you might score on him but you're dying in the process yeah to be able to keep that scoring rate high up but which i can do you know i I can keep my attacks high but i need to just be better the only guy i've seen really you know i wouldn't say blow out of the water they're still competitive matches but odegoro yeah it's a terrible 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 matchup for him because bajrank's pressure lends right into it because it's all odegoro is all about getting your hands to the mat getting that short offense going and that's where he gets his leg attack setups and i watched it asian championships and it was, wow. I mean, I like watching the Japanese. They're great leg attack finishers. They're very fundamental. They're, I love watching. But Odegoro, like, he's his kryptonite. Yeah, well, it's just a, it's a bad matchup, you know, because Odeguro's so lightning quick and he's long. So it's hard, yeah. to, it's hard to get your hook set in on a guy who's long like that and who's keeping you off. You know what I mean? If he reaches out with his arms, 
you're three feet off him, it's hard to get to a guy like that. And then you kind of have to make a hard jolt at him if you want to get your hands on, and that's when he gets, you know, his throw bys, his snap downs. Yeah. Double legs and stuff. So just a just a, a bad mismatch for him, kind of. Like, he yeah, wears it every time they wrestle, but it's just uh, tricky. Oda's just tricky in general. He beat Haji. The only guy who really shut him down when he was healthy was uh, Rashidov. Yeah, he's good. Rashidov. Well, Rashidov is the opposite. He doesn't pressure forward at all, and he just stays in his little ball. Yeah. Just kind of walks into you, and he's all folded up with his hands out. So Odegaro can't snap him because he's so he's short. So he's already low to the ground. It's hard to get that good whip down on him, and he can just kind of walk you down like that. And he's the super- craziest thing about Gajmarad. I uh, was keeping up with Russian Nationals. I was covering it. And it was the year he didn't have to compete. And I saw him compete because he has a twin brother, Shamil. And what do I see Shamil do? He gets tacked in the first round. I'm like, this, is, this isn't happening. No, 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 no. This can't. Because I talked up Gajmarad so much. Rightfully so. He's a freak. I think he's number five in the world pound for pound right now. He's in the toughest weight class. Because we talked about this earlier, 74 and 65 are the toughest weight classes because that's where most people are at. So we finished Bajrang, big match, and then we're going, we're rolling into the Achardo. And then the big crazy one after the Achardo was um, the Zolkowski. But let's run through the Achardo first. So... Um, I drew Zane in round one, which was, yeah. I remember doing my weight cut and my dad's like, you know, I bet you're going to draw him in the first round. And I was like, why? He's like, cause that's just how the things work in the world of irony. And yeah. I did. And, um, you know, I didn't really game plan for him that much, but it was like the things that he beat me on at final X were kind of lingering issues that I had always you know, needed to improve. So. Indirectly, we had fixed a lot of the re- things that had that led him to beat me in the Rutgers match. Beat him, and then I had this guy from Azerbaijan. And I remember, so it, it worked out where there were only 10 guys in my weight, so I could, at the worst, know who they were. So I knew that uh, Rahim Zadeh, you know, he had, he had heavy hips and good defense and wasn't really a high-volume attacker. Good under so. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew with him... Same deal. Those kind of guys, they, they like, you know, quiet wrestling, you know, where it's just here and then one hard go to win. So for me, I'm like a lot, you know, pulling on his head, a lot of shots, fakes, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, that kind of carried over into the Musakayev match. It was easy to see kind of throughout the tournament that he was going to be worn out. He was kind yeah. of tired, you know. But I knew he had a lot of power when he was good. His retakes are great. Yeah, really explosive. Like his his impact is crazy, and then he can run off it too, which is which is a good skill to have. Yeah. So really? I knew the next two guys were gonna gonna be tough to score on. You know, good athletes and you know not not in amazing shape. So I could take advantage of my conditioning. And then in the finals, I would have wrestled the artist formerly known as Opansat. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. The crazy thing about Turkey is they'll give, like, Erdogan. I think they have two guys named Erdogan, and they're both Russians. Well, One of them is Tuvin. Erdogan is the last name of the uh, the president. president. Yeah, which is weird because they don't quite – not every country has that transfer rule. Yeah. Where, um, you know how, like, in Muay Thai, where they'll have to take the gym's last name? It's like you'll have, like, um, PK or Sitchai, and he has, like, some super long last name. Turkey's apparently got the same deal, but doesn't apply for everyone. Only the good Russians. Yeah. They have Opon. He still, he still gets good wins. 
Like mm-hmm. he'll beat Rasadine. He's still he tough. In, he was in the World Semis a couple of years ago. 2017, yeah. And then yeah. Kishvili, do you remember that low single he hit on him? He's like, I'm not just going to come out the back door. I'm going to bring it all the way up. Just stand up. Just stand up with it. I remember uh, Yassar. Salim Yassar is a Russian too. Eloy Kratorev, yeah, he's from uh, Ingushetia. They have um, Vloyev, the Kurge, who failed the drug test a little while ago. But one of the things about the Olympics getting postponed is those drug tests don't get postponed. So those suspensions are going to be up pretty soon. Oh, so guys who are out the Olympic year are back in. Yeah, so Vloyev might be back in. I know Gatsloff has been rumbling about competing for Armenia. He, I think he got a citizenship. Yeah. So set for them. And then, but yeah, it's Vloyev, Yassar, and then Kyrgyzstan. Two Kyrgyz are Ingushetian uh, transfers. Uh, Musayev, Magomed Musayev, beat um, Serhat Balsi in the 2012 Olympics. Balsi was a 97 world runner-up the year before. Big Turk. But yeah, Erdogan, the other one, Salim, just, he put a beating on Razi Yazdani yeah. back in 2014. Like, not not anything worse than Yazdani's knees have ever done to him, but it was like, it was bad stuff. So yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was the uh, Turkey. You know, it was kind of, I mean, it was a, it was a really deep, but, you know, small weight. You had yeah. Ian, who, who won in in Rome that year. Mm-hmm. And, um, but for me, you know, I had three really good guys and I got to, or no, but that's not who I wrestled in the finals. I would have wrestled Bahrain was Haji Ali. who's a Russian. Yeah. Cause he beat Erdogan. Yeah, he did. And, um, I remember he came up to me. The reason is he came up to me before the finals, like my shoulder is no good. I, it's... and I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Worth it. And he was just like in his street clothes. And I was like, okay. And like it started warming up, and he was still in his street clothes, and I was like, "All right, dude, he's, he's not really kidding. not kidding." Yeah. The weird thing about him, Haji Ali, he was like, he's a good guy. He does. He's beaten Idrisov, the older one, not Ahmed Magomedrisu, the world runner up at sixty-one. He beat him back when he was competing for Russia as Gadzi Magomed Aliyev, at the Ali Aliyev, back in I want to say twenty seventeen. A lot of Aliyevs to work with, but they're all you know they're all good. And then I don't know how valid you think the Tobier match was because that was Tobier was <laughs> like you had no interest in winning. <laughs> I call that the money match because Tobier made some money off of that. Yeah, That's the only way I can look at it because that, was... that was cute as a lot. Like if you're that good of a thrower and you were tossing around one of the Isdani's like pretty easily before that, you could still put up a good one against Haji. I know he's good, but like. Well, and, like, the way he was getting beat, it just looked like he was trying to just end the match as soon as possible. Yeah. Who's the other big Cuban? There's two other Cubans that I know took falls. Lopez, the big one, big heavyweight for Greco. Mijan? Yeah, he had that big debacle a while ago. I think it was against the Turk. Who, the Turk? Um, oh, what's his name? Blanking. Gildirim, I think yep. it is. Yeah, so he got caught a little while back. His suspension was kind of weird. Was He was caught, like, spread in, like, hate speech about Greeks. Like, just something really specific. Really didn't like Greeks. Yeah, Turks and Greeks kind of have a thing. Just really don't like each other. Not not even a little bit. You just, there's the things in America where you're like, oh, I forgot there's, like, hundreds of years of ethnic conflict. Let me just not 
Let me just not step on those toes. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird like cultural thing with Turks and Greeks. I don't totally know. I mean, I know kind of, but like it's it's a it's interesting. It's just long run, and then Yoel Romero had some bouts. I think it was with Mendershvili, the Georgian who won the Olympics. Where it's like, wow, I thought you blew this guy out of the water. How come it's close? I've heard I've heard stories about you know Yoel taking taking dives against guys. I mean, Yoel needs the money. Cuba, from what I hear, I heard this from one of the boxers that once you get good, they don't cover you as much. No, they take away your funding. You think it would be the other way around? Yeah, it just depends on the guys, but that's one of the paths that can happen with it. I'm like, well, that's not great. And Yoel's thing was, I think he had some European tournament, and then he just showed up in the German club league. Yeah. And was doing really well, and then just kept fighting in Germany, and then he fought in Strikeforce, and now he's one of the scariest men walking the face of the earth. There he already was, but now he can. Now people consider him to be. Yeah, very fine guy. But... Let's talk about the Zolkowski, because you had Oganesian, who's been good for a while and who is just a, you know, there's no other way to say it. He's, he's crazy to watch. He's great stuff. No, Poland, I remember originally I had gone because Chikayev and Rashid okay. here before. I remember Bill Zadik was like, well, you know, we're not sure how we feel about you going if it's not a you know, part of the USA contingency, which, like, I get. Yeah. Like, and he was like, but if you want to go, like, you tell me. He's like, but, you know, I want you to want to go, you know. Don't just feel yeah. like you're special. And I was like, no, like, I want to go. I, there's going to be some really good guys there. And he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up being Chikayev and Rashidov weren't there. Because that's yeah. where they settled the wrestle off one time with, uh, it was supposed to be Bekbulatov and Chikayev in 2017. Both of them, well, I think it was, was it 2018 for 65. 18, 18. Because Rashidov went to 61, and he yeah. beat Ibrahimov. And it was something where Chikayev didn't wrestle. Or Chikayev won the Russian championships, and him and Begbulatov were going to wrestle for the spot, and then he didn't make weight. So I'm like, I'm going to Poland. That's where they're right. going to do Chikayev and Rashidov. And Beck was the runner-up at, Euro, at Euros, but he, he beat Chikayev at the Oregon. Then he kept having these injury issues, and he was hurt, or he didn't make weight for um, – that shut the door. <clears throat> so. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go there. And then it ended up being tough anyway. He had Tumor Ochier, who took fifth in the... He's tough. How's it feel wrestling him? Because he's sort of a specialist from an over-under. I didn't. He got beat by Niazbekov. Yeah, Dalit? Yep. And then Niazbekov lost to... Gore. Yeah. So yeah. I wrestled. I wrestled. This guy from China who ended up being their rep. His name was like the one um Gali? Shen Yun or something or Katai. You know, he had he had two names. It was I want to say it's Shen it was, it was their 2019 rep. I'm gonna go check the bracket, but I wanna say it's Shen Yun, and I watched his match with Haji, and I was like, wow, he's really solid. And I yeah, think he did a good little fireman's carry series. Let me check who he, if we're talking about the same guy. Because I know Katai Yerlenbeek. You remember him from 2015? The guy who just... He almost beat Metcalf, right? No, he's the one that gave Metcalf that nasty concussion. He was the one that beat uh, Mustafa Kaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And we were all like, oh my gosh, Metcalf's had a great year, but can he beat Kai? And we're like, oh, that's not going to be an issue. But at the same point in time, you know, you're going to be danged up his head pretty good. I'm checking right now. Yeah, Yan Shao Hua, something like that. Yeah. Had a 14-12 with Haji, and I was watching it. And one of the guys I work with, Ed, Ed Gallo, he put it up as one of the matches of the World Championships. This is a real good back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So I had him in the opening round, and then I had... His, it was a Kazakh who was their number two, but he was the one who almost tech followed Bajrang in the Asian Championships. His name? Okasov? Yep, Okasov. Yeah, yeah. And then that was my quarterfinal. I would have had Mishakayev again in the semi, but he's and he was hurt. He defaulted. And then I had Oganesian in the final. But that weight class had. It had, well, I guess Musakaya, but I don't really count him because he kind of defaulted out. And then yeah. I had Miyazbikov, who was the silver that year, and I had two more who was fifth that year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Oganesian went on a good run, and then he lost to the Armenian at the World Championships. The junior kid, though, I think it was U23s. Iranian. Yeah, I watched him. He's not really good underhook series, great from finishing from a body lock, nice snatch single, but he's not... He doesn't have much outside of that, outside of being built like a tank. But it's probably a bad matchup for Oganesian if he's got great Oh, numbers. it doesn't give him any opportunities to get to his hooks. Yeah. His, his wizards, any of that. So it's just um, not... Yeah, not an ideal match for him. But I remember, uh, like, that was that ended up being exactly what I needed, just a really good tournament, tough tournament, you know, before I had the wrestle off of his name. Yeah, and then that, it's just so stingy. Things didn't quite go the way. And then you go into the open at the end of the year. How was that? Um, yeah, I was dealing with some, some injury and, uh, I, I just, I needed to qualify for the, yeah. for the trial. So I show up, um, I remember I wrestled Mario Mason the first round and it was a boxing guy. He was solid. And then I had Nick Dardanes, which is just like a face punching match. Basically. Just eye poked and headbutt the whole match. And I was like, all right, like this is how this match is going to be. Right. So we, it kind of turned into a fist fight with light grabbing. And then, uh, in the quarters I had Ben Whitford. Ben was... Uh, He's not bad. No. Um, high school. Great high school wrestler. He beat YBR and yeah. Corey Clark. Uh, I want to say at the Sarah Pilato, the one that the USA is like, hey, we're going to cover him. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't. <laughs> that's not how it works. I just hear these things. But, um, yeah, that's a good Cuban tournament. You know, Ekamendia, the Cuban kid for Ohio State, real good freestyler. He got his citizenship for the U.S. I'm really excited to see what he does. Yeah, I think one time at the OTC, he's pretty tough. Yeah, strong kid. But um, I remember watching some of his Cuban finals match. He had Marin Castillo, the one that ended up taking bronze in 2018. I was like, this kid's legit. Yeah, it's good. yeah and it was just weird to me because people would be like, well, maybe he's 23, maybe he's 24. I'm like, I see the learning curve from all across the other countries. I see good Cubans. I've seen good Kazakhs and Azeris and Russians. That's not really the case. The only people, there's only one big case. We know Tamor Mamadov lied about his age, and India's got a bad problem about that too. Yeah, they're pretty open about it, kind of. They're, yeah, they'll tell you, like, hey, I don't think he's 19. I think he was 19 back in 2011. But, yeah. Uh, don't mind, don't mind the, the 
the kids he's talking to. Those aren't his. Yeah. No. no. Akamandiaz said he was born in uh, September of 99. That sounds legit. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks about yep. age, you know. Yeah, he's solid. But um, you finish up the Open. You had McKenna. Yeah, it was not a great finish by me. I, uh, tough. Yeah, he's um he's a good matchup. You know, he's got a really good single leg. And, yeah. Uh, he's kind of got that stingy, you know, doesn't pressure forward kind of feel. You know, so he, he had a good little – he had a good game plan for me. You know, they did a good job there. And, uh, you know, yeah, he finished the match late. Beat me there. And then I had Meredith in, like, the round to qualify for the trials pretty much. I just – I tackled on him and then just yeah. – yeah we had the only other time we really had issues with trials was juniors when were you still cadet eligible at the time yeah well well for one of them which one uh the deacon one that one was my first year of junior right that was a tough bracket he was a gigantic 66 kilo guy he'd be a big 74 yeah to be honest i hadn't I just I was really small. I, I the next weight was sixty, and that would have been a really tough cut for me. But like in hindsight, I probably was. I mean, I, I have much more muscle on me now, but probably weighed the same. I was just fatter, you know. And you can kind of see yeah. it. I was just wasn't in the same. You know, I I mean, you know, my wrestling was good, but I just physically wasn't where I needed to be. And Deacon, such a physical guy. Yeah, strong. What are you walking out around at? Like one fifty-five. What sixties maybe? Um, when I'm holding it, when I'm being good with my diet, I'm usually like fifty, fifty-two. Yeah. And then you know, right now I'm you know fifty-five. That's not too bad, but for sixty with being, you know, highly active and you know, not being out of shape, it's hard to cut that much. Yeah, I mean, at the time I was at one fifty, but just probably with ten pounds less of muscle, I was a little meatball. Yeah. I uh, I just had no place, you know. <laughs> looking like that so I had that was kind of what woke it up for me was you know you look at the college guys look at the senior level guys and they look my dad used to always say like you got to look the part not for the yeah. aesthetic but that just means that you're you're completely invested your life is invested you know and that was kind of what I was missing right so we had Deacon the thing with Deacon though I think last year him and James Green went to the same tournament the Medved and they both lost to Navrusov and then Navrusov lost to a Russian I had never even um, I go Medmarad Didayev, who won the whole thing. It's like, that's weird. Not Islam Didayev. He just shows that, but they're both really solid. So one of the things when we're in this sort of quarantine situation, when we're keeping on top of it, is greasing the groove. So like the concept is essentially just keep doing something, doing something until you get mastery. What do you think about that? Because for people that aren't as keen on it, it's essentially... You know, you need somebody to keep a watch on you so you can understand what it is and then keep on top of it. And as you keep getting better and better, then you can master it on your own. And now you're in a situation like this and maybe you don't have as much resources or you don't have that external source of motivation. What's keeping you on top of things to be ready to contend for an Olympic and world title moving forward? Well, I feel like for me, you know, I don't I don't know when this is going to end. You know, it could end like the whole quarantine situation could be over in a month or four months, you know? Yeah. And depending on the timing, I mean, if it's, if it's over in a week, who cares, you know, but if it, if it lasts, I need to be able to continue to improve because, you know, 
for every guy following the rules, there's a guy breaking into their wrestling room wrestling. You know what I mean? And yeah. I need to I need to keep up, if not get ahead. You know, my goal is to continuously improve at a greater rate. So for me, I guess it's intrinsic as much, but it is en- extrinsic because yeah. it's just me understanding that I'm not the only one who's making it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me to not make it work to the best of my ability is falling behind. Right. So I just, you know, doing something every day so that I can, so that makes a difference for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Better. All these workouts have to be killers because you don't need to be in great shape right now, but you no. need to be at your peak, at least your wrestling, you know? Right. I see the Russians didn't shut down for their um, training halls or anything. Yeah. I mean, I think those guys probably get special treatment where I'm sure that they're locked in the training yeah. How, like the training schools or whatever, but they just stay there and wrestle. Yeah, Sajalayev and Gadzi and all the other ones were, they looked fine. So it's not a big issue there. Speaking of all of them, who's your favorite guys to watch internationally? I like Sajalayev. Yep. I like watching. I was a big Kudakov and Romanov guy, you know, when they were in their prime. Romanov's still kicking around. He's, He's good now, but he had a he had a neck surgery. And if you look at his his leg attack, huh? Was it back, neck, or knee? Because I've heard different. I heard, I heard back and knee. I'll say back. Maybe yeah. I know he had a back injury. Maybe he yeah, he did. That's what I remember. And um, I just I just noticed his uh his he hasn't shoot as much as he used to. It's got to be. Oh no. I mean, having spine problems like that can do that. But when he was, you know, the 2015-16 version was, he was amazing. I loved amazing. I loved Batirov from early 2000s. Mavlet. Yeah, Mavlet. His brother Adam is still, still. Brother Adam, huge. Needy as could be. He he was a like not a super filled out 60, and then he goes to Bahrain, and I'm like, well, you got, you you got you're big. You got big, and um. You know, obviously Satyev was great. Yeah, as you can see, big big fan of the Russians. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I just I try to kind of take bits and pieces from all of them, and you can kind of see it in my wrestling. You'll see, you know, something here or there from all of them. But you know, it's uh, I think those guys are just they kind of hit they hit every aspect of it. You know, they got great athleticism, right? Good variety, and they got drag shots, throw bys, re attacks, the whole deal. And I try to. Just kind of emulate that in my wrestling, you know, where it's it's complete wrestling. You have everything. Right. That's a pretty solid answer. One of the things I remember with Saitius, well, just run through uh, Bufasir. He's only had, what, like four losses? They're all, like, pretty relatively close to each other when they happened. Yeah. Done two, he had Issa Gadziev, who's the world runner-up for Russia. Done six, he had Ganef. Done seven, he had um, Mertazaliev. He lost Maybe beat him. The German. Steve? Or did he beat him? Which one? I know Slay beat him at the Olympics. Alexander Leibold. They wrestled so many times, it wouldn't shock me, but I don't think he did. Like, he owned that series. Did you see Leopold? He coaches the DRL now, but he had it after he had that heart attack. Really? Yeah, but his title got stripped to the... uh, because of the steroids, but Germany doesn't think anything of it. You know, yeah. he's still a national wrestling hero. Yeah, he was he was amazing. He's got great 
scrambling far ankle, like freestyle scrambling. Yeah, he was Great. amazing. Germany has a good kid now, Semizoro. Yep. Uh, 65 guy. He wrestled Musakai in a tough match. They did. He wrestled Dalit in a tough match, too. Yeah. I like watching Semizoro. They had um, Kubili Sakisi. You remember him? Yeah. He beat Kajif a little while ago and kind of bumps me out Kajif te- uh, pissed hot because he finally started to come around. It took him four years. Yeah. He was here wrestling. Um, him. Um, it was him, Nukhtarov, this younger, I think he was an age-level kid, and then... Uh, huh? Was it Mutarov with him? Yep. Yeah. And then there's another Russian-French guy. Yeah. Um, like Ahmed and... Um, Ahmed Amadou. Amadou. I just, a lot of them we met by first name. I just recognized Kajiev and Nukhtarov because the one medal in the world and the other one was in my weight class. But yeah. he, was, he was here training right before that. Yeah, because I saw him at NC State, and did he go up to um, NYC or Cornell? He was in Cornell. I know, I know he had to have gone to Oklahoma State at some point because he had a bunch of Oklahoma State stuff. Oklahoma State fields a lot of guys. They had Gadzi, uh, Kvyatkovsky, Kurbanilev went there. Yeah, for a while. I hear, you know, Andy Krovat, he told me a story about when he went to train in Russia, right? And he sees Kurbanilev. He's like a still a teenager, probably right before he won juniors. He's like, Andy, Andy, take me back to uh, America with you. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll beat Zadik. I'll beat Zadik. The year that he wrestles Zadik in the uh, Schultz. And t- I mean, you know, it took a long time, but, you know, eventually in 2014, Kurban did show up. He just had to wrestle Metcalf. So, yeah. I don't know how that went yeah. in his favor. It was a tough one. Skilled. Really skilled, too. You want to talk about Russia a bit and what you like about them? Because I remember watching the Euros and age group and all that, and one of my favorites, guys, is Amalov, who you're talking about the Citeus. He's coached by Adam. Yeah, the 70-kilo guy. 74 now. Good. Him with Bayef. Bayef says he wants to be a 74. That's what I heard. Because yeah, but... like the same team, and he went up and Romanov went to the 70 or 65. Yeah, the thing I mean, is, but I heard that was kind of what was happening because they both were at seventy for a bit. Yeah, and then Romanov stayed down at sixty-five. He was won the Alons of Shereyev, runner-up to Shereyev, and then kept things going. You ever be interested in wrestling any club action? Because I know Gwizdowski does, and I know Daringer was signed up to. Are you asking if I would? Yeah, because I know the German league is always looking for guys. Yeah, I mean. I can't really get paid right now, so it'd be tricky. But I would definitely be interested in it. If they, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't find it valuable to fly to Germany just to, like, wrestle. Yeah. If I could get lined up with some good guys, I definitely would. They can – um. What they do you think about guys. They had Osrang, they had Tobier. Yeah, they did. They had um the Belarusians, Shabanov, Takayev. Yeah. Musalif was there. I thought I saw Musul- or Rashidov there once, but maybe I didn't. He, I think he just sort of trained there. I don't – really think anything came out of that you know it's strange speaking of training i saw suriano with the russians at euros yeah it's strange because he does with the nyc rtc with frank and one of the fine silvers yeah. works out with them too and then kishkishvili comes around there now and then well i know uh valentin kalika has a lot of hookups over there yeah i don't know if suriano he can't he could make a run for 57 here 
but there's obviously the spot for Italy that he yeah. can work. For. I don't know what his like el- eligibility is for that, but I don't know either. But it seems like he could get pulled because what they got him and GV Davidovi, one of the fifteen Georgians who's wrestling for some other country. Yeah. And did you see Idrisvili? I think his drop off was kind of it's quick, and he's older, obviously. Yeah. But like, he was really good for a while, and then Amir Slamov came in, and he was like out, out. He's like just done for. Yeah. And then Kasalov started to beat him at nationals, and it was just like, then he's losing to a guy like Davidovi. And in just, Turkey, right? Yeah, they sure do. That was a great match. Great match. I remember he beat the North Korean, who um, comes on Kang, the one who would... He's beaten Takahashi twice now. Yeah. The thing with North Korea, though, none of them ever get that big because they had that big starvation in the 90s where they're just malnutrition got them. So they're all pretty short. That's where they produce that much talent. Yeah. I, I don't see a lot of them at Worlds, though. Not all of them. Funding. Huh? It's a funding issue. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, Kazakhstan. Yeah, well, Kazakhstan would probably be a bit closer, but yeah, geographically it should be. But I know Azerbaijan had some issue with funding. Remember that? Back in 2017, the yeah. Baku was really good the year before. And we can talk about Murad Soleimanov. Yeah. Because Murad was by far the biggest head scratch, but one of the most talented guys. He lost to Mark, almost beat Mark Hall at juniors, and then gets pinned up 8-0 against the Georgian. Watch that by a Georgian. Yeah, the Prince Freely won U23s in the same sort of fluke, not fluke, but you know, it's not something yeah, he can same like, oh, you should have lost. <laughs> Step over. You should have lost that one. He's that guy. And I'm like, oh, crap. But um, then Soleimanov beats the Uruguayan champ at the end of the year in Azerbaijan. He almost, he put Hasanov to his back. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward to 2017, his match with JB. It was like a dogfight match. That was a dogfight match. Oh, right? Yeah, he got cautioned out. Yeah. Like, bad cautioned out. The only time I've seen it that bad before was Nurikov. Oh, my gosh, we're fifth in the world. I remember that. And Vegas, one of his many bronze medal matches. He just, you know, for one reason or another. He's like a three or four time fifth. He has that Otakadze streak, but Otakadze finally placed. Because he had um, the Ganserig one. Something with... Ganserig and bronze medal matches is just no. something weird has got to happen, you know. And then they had um, 2015, he gassed out against Gore. Yeah. I remember that. 2016, who's at non Olympics? I think he lost to, I want to say James Green. He lost to, he's lost to James a couple of times. I didn't right? know that one as closely, honestly. It had um, Lumpadzi and Steve, or Steve's great run. Gavarza Tilov was there. Beat Bajrang. And then uh, 2017, Tobir had him dead to rights. Or Nurikov had Tobir dead to rights and a body lock. And Tobir just stood out, out of it. Just like, um, let go of me. Just get off. Yeah. He's I got right. something else to do. I got a place. But yeah. it's crazy stuff. Did you keep up with the Amines? Do I? Yeah. 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 I love watching Miles' run. It was really impressive stuff, the growth he's made. He's actually, he comes here you know, now and again to train. He's good. He's really good. Yeah. 
Diom, who did he beat? Shabanov, Takatani, the big Cuban that used to give DT trouble. The Cuban looks like an action figure. Troy Blanca, there's no space on that guy. Dude, he's freakish. I remember seeing him at Pan Am's, and I was like, oh, my God. My dad literally took a picture of him because he was just like, I can't believe people look like that. It was like, he was like an alien. I they just can't. I'm more for the Kurbanaliev, Fadzayev, even Kajimagamadov sort of has that look where it's like, you look like a normal person. Showed up. <laughs> yeah, you showed up, and then he absolutely decimated Ramazanov in the Euro finals. Yeah. We know that Kud, he's really good, but like it doesn't get enough credit because he had that weird run at Worlds in 2017. They lost to Gore. But he still beat Sidikov. He still beat Gazi. He's still great. Yeah. But, you know, he doesn't look like Tor Blanca. That's why he doesn't stand out. Yeah, less terrifying. Yeah, just people don't talk about the big Russians anyway. Sajulayev's not even huge. Like, he's a big guy. He's, not he's a little meaty, too. He's filled out. Yeah, he's a little chunky. That's, that's a good thing, you know? It's yeah, like a trade-off. But if there's anything else you want to talk about, I could talk about McCoy, but if you've got anything else to do, we can sign off here, and we should have this up and running about next, probably within the same day. Or Honestly, whatever. yeah, because we yeah, we've got Bajrang. We're finishing up the series on him. And then I think I'm covering Adam Saitiev. And then Ed. Speak English or do you speak Russian to him? I've got to start speaking Russian. I'll take the Rosetta Stone during the summer. I've been learning Russian on Duolingo. Duolingo? Now, yeah, I'm not. It's like an app. It's, how much is it? Do you have to pay for it? It's free, but with the free version, you – like, honestly, you can learn fine, but you get, like, a certain number of lives, and then you have to, like, wait for them to come Live. back. Really? So it's like for, like for the free version, you follow their little plan. Right. And, I mean, it, t- it takes a little bit of while, but it takes a while to learn a language. And – um. What they'll do is you can try as much as you want, but once you fail, once you get five things wrong, you like have to wait for your lives to like stop yeah. back or whatever. But other than that, you can just like grind through. I'm not talking because we work with a couple Russian guys. I'm like, yeah, you just need to talk it with us. You just need to talk. That's with- what everyone said. Because you like freeze up in social interactions and like the like language, your options get pretty limited. Yeah. What you can say. Like for me, what I know, I know pretty well because I've been taking my time with it. Yeah. But that I'm not, I'm not super well versed. The thing is, though, everybody in Jersey, after watching The Sopranos, just needs to know enough Italian to be angry. You know, that's all they need to know. Yeah. Just, oh, I don't know if I can say that because that's not Italian. It's not appropriate. But you know, just, just rage. But this Seth and Terrell the fight site. We, I just talked with Yanni Diakmahas, two-time NCAA champ. Looking forward to watching more of you moving forward after this quarantine, and we'll see if we can try and run this back again. All right. You have a good one, Yanni. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you.